0: And welcome everyone. Thanks for joining again this week. I'm recording on May the 20th, 2022. And as always, we're joining, I'm joining you solo this week, but gonna share a few ideas that I learned this week from the AEI premium site and I want to summarize some of this. Encourage you to update your forecast, but also check out the latest articles that we've published and put together. So, first thing I want to mention as we jump into this is a lot of conversations been going on around prevent plant. And we'll dive into this in the article, but this delayed planting conversation has now gone through lower yields. We've already checked through that box. Now the next hurdle that we've been talking about is delayed planting. We're going to put together an article. Brent and I were sharing some ideas earlier this week. We're going to put together an article for you next week. But the forecast network tool, again, has a little bit of an edge here. We've been watching the consensus move on some acreage questions. so let's pull those up. After the March perspective planting report, we open questions about the June acreage report. It comes out at the end of June every year. And so we said, what's the probability of those numbers moving higher? And one thing that was very common on Twitter was, we're never gonna see a smaller corn number printed. Well, as a reminder, mother nature typically comes to bat pretty early in the lineup. And Mother Nature has a big impact as to how fast and how much of the crop we might get planted. So we asked the question, what's the probability of the U.S. planting more than 89.5 million acres of corn for 2022 per that June acreage report? And you know, I started off pretty high. I think a lot of us would have. And then I've been lowering my forecast the last few days and encourage you to l- review your forecast. But let's talk about the consensus. The consensus started off at about 80% and it's been slowly dropping. And it's again, also at 50%. It was uh, dipped into the 40s briefly. And so 50% is maximum uncertainty. So there's a lot of uncertainty about will corn acres go up or down from here? And of course, on the side of the ledge, you're saying corn acres are probably gonna go higher is the price response. I think we look somewhere corn's about $1.30 a bushel higher than we were in March. But on the other side, of the ledger is this slow planting pace. And so we'll see how this plays out. Another question that's similar there is around soybean acres. What's the probability of getting more than 91 million acres of soybean acres planted? I'm moving my forecast lower to about 40%. I might even go lower uh, in the next few days. One thing that the consensus has been doing here is it started low and because of this idea that okay, producers aren't we're gonna substitute, we're gonna swap from soybeans to corn. The consensus started about a 35%. It's been moving higher, got closer to 50%. I'm right now below the consensus. But want to challenge you to think a little bit about this acreage decision. Are producers going to really switch from in the delayed planting situation and in the pricing situation, how much switching will there be between corn and soybeans versus how much will go on here in 2022 about sort of the total size of the pie chart and the share of that moving. In general, I try to avoid the the switching debate, the switching argument. I find that sometimes confuses me. So just want you to think a little bit about that. Here's a question that might be the most relevant. What's the probability of the U.S. planting more than 180.5 million combined acres? In March, the USDA expected 180.5 million combined acres. I've been slow to adjust my forecast. I should have adjusted this sooner. I was asleep at the wheel. And so the consensus right now says there's about a 21% chance of the U.S. planting more than 180.5 million acres. So As we think about this prevent plant question, kind of keep in mind, how does that total pie chart change the 180.5? Keep in mind the USDA had a starting point in mind. They didn't assume zero prevent plant acres. They assumed something close to normal or average. How is that gonna change from there? And then how do we impact the corn and soybean acres? So that's a little bit of a foreshadow as to where things might be headed from there, conversations we can have about that. Again, another example of how that forecast network tool can help you adjust your thinking if you're updating it quickly, updating it frequently and revisiting it frequently and helping you get a little bit of an edge in this thought process. A couple new articles. So that was point one. A couple new articles that we've put together. One of them is on the, planting pace and the yield potential. And this is something that I learned, we put together the chart in a little bit of a new way. And we continued to sort of update some of the charts we've been doing along the way. But the point that was new here, the novel idea that we added to this base this week is it looks like we're going to hit the 50% mark for the US corn crop being planted somewhere in week 19, week 19 point something. We'll find that out on Monday. But going back to 1988, I believe, there's only been five other years that we've got to the 50% mark later than week 19. And then we plotted. So we plotted what point of the growing season did we hit the 50th percentile? And then at what point or what was the final yield outcome? And so one of the takeaways here is that the national yield has been trended by the USDA. There's a lot of reasons to think why we might have trimmed this back a little bit, but let's not necessarily jump to the conclusion that there's a guaranteed outcome that we're gonna be below the trend line. Look at 2009. If you look at 2009, we crossed the 50th percentile mark for the corn crop hitting in week 19. It was toward the end of week 19. And the final yield came in above 10 bushels uh, from the trend line. So the departure from the trend line was more than 10 bushels above and that was a big crop. That would be about 190 bushel crop here in 2022 terms. That would be sort of mind-blowing for the market to process here. Now, there are four years that we came in below the trend line. So, uh, you know, this is this idea that on average and in the model, we should be trimming the slower, but not necessarily a guarantee that we're going to end below the trend line. You know, at the extremes We would have the 1995-like scenario, which is 10 bushel below the trend line, 1993, which is about 18 bushel below the trend line, and then sort of the moderate versions, which is where the USDA here is, two data points in 2013 and 2019, that came in four to six bushel below the trend line. So how do we think about this? How do we update our thinking? There's a lot of growing season left, and the weather throughout the rest of the season will still have an impact on yields. And there are a lot of things, kind of like a water flow chart. Right now, we have a starting point maybe normal is 181. We've pulled a few bushels off of that due to late planting. Now, June weather, July weather, both rainfall and precipitation, those could add bushels back in or they could pull bushels out. We just don't know yet. We got to go through the rest of the growing season until we get there. So I thought Brent had a really insightful, he's still planting his own corn crop, but he had a really insightful way to help me think about this. And I wanted to share that is the current corn planting situation Puts a few more below trend cards in the deck, but it's hard to know exactly how many more. And so there's still, we're gonna shuffle these cards up. We're gonna get a, a flip here at the end of the year. The final number will be one of those flips, how far above, how far below we get. There are a few more below trend cards in the deck. We might have taken out some of those big 18 bushel above trend line type outcomes, but we just don't know to this point, how much we should be waiting the below trend outcome. So I encourage you to think a little bit more about that and keep 2009 in the back of your mind. Point number three I wanted to share this week is, you know, we've wrote a lot about the cure for high prices is high prices. And there's a supply element to that. This idea that, oh, it's going to induce producers to plant more. That's really important. And we're going to talk about double cropping and all these other issues. And we'll keep writing about that. But we wanted to go to the other side of that coin. And the other side of the high prices, curing high prices, is we use less of it. And I was a bit surprised when I looked at how much usage has slipped. And the, the USDA's May Wazi report gave us a first look at what usage is going to look like for 2022, 2023 marketing year. And so I'm going to, it's important for you to dive into these numbers a little bit. But what's really interesting is on the corn side, I guess let me back up one second. Like yields, it can be hard to keep track of what is a good usage number, total usage number. Why? Because they're always increasing over time. And so in general, we use about a quarter of a billion bushels, 250 million bushels of corn every year. That's always increasing. And so a 15 billion bushel usage one year might seem absolutely phenomenal and incredibly record breaking. But in a few years, it becomes the norm. And a few years after that, it becomes a really bad outcome. And that's kind of the situation that we're starting to see shape up here. Last year, the USDA projected a really usage last year was really high. It was a record. And I guess the all-time record there was 14.9 billion bushels. Now the estimate for 2022-23 marketing year is 14.6 billion bushels, about two and a half percent lower. And so it doesn't seem like we've adjusted that much. But when we look at this trend line comparison and we sort of think about how usage should be trending higher over time, how far away from that trend line really are we? Again, this is very similar to the reasons why we use trend adjusted yields. It's for the same purposes. But right now, usage in 2022 slash 2023 marketing year is about a billion bushels below the trend line. And we've only gotten there's only one other year in the last 20 years, we've gotten more than a billion bushels off that trend line. It was 2012, the drought, and about 1.8 billion bushels. So corn was off during the trade war and we got to about 750 million bushels off the trend line. And so what we need to think about here is how much rationing is going on? Is it 2.5% off the all-time high that we saw last year or is it a billion bushels or more like six or seven percent off that trend line and so I encourage you to, to think a little bit about that and you know recognize that if we have a couple years of usage not increasing, which we've seen over the last few years, there's two ways that we've eroded usage or eroded demand. One of them is we haven't seen demand grow. and two, we've actually lost ground. and that's we've seen both of those. Soybeans, interestingly, the soybean situation is still positive. We haven't seen, there's only been a couple of years in recent memories of where soybean usage has been below the trend line. And that was during the trade war. And here in 2022, for the 2022, 23 soybean marketing year, it looks like we might be about 170 million bushels above the trend line. That's improved from 150 million bushels above the trend line last year. So the soybean situation is both improved is above the trend line, but it's supposed to get even further above the trend line than what we saw last year. So a lot of positive developments here in the soybean situation. We'll see how that plays out. Wheat, first off, wheat usage trends downward. Like US wheat usage is trending downward. That's not a surprise given fewer acres over time, but we're about 200 million bushels off of the trend line. And again, we've only seen one other year with more aggressive usage trends, And that was back in 2002. And so to wrap this up, you know, demand rationing is a bit of an ambiguous term. Uh, There isn't really a a clear definition for what that is. But the point here is to challenge your thinking just a little bit and sort of create awareness that we have been uh, trimming usage and rationing that demand uh, for corn and wheat. Soybeans, not really. Uh, Soybeans haven't seen that. And so we'll see how these narratives play out over the next several months and years when we get more idea around the production side and how much we need to, how prices are going to continue to pull that back. But high prices have had their impact on usage and we'll see how that plays out. Lastly, I guess this is point four, a bonus point here this week. We have an idea that makes us better around do desperate times call for desperate measures. We did a little bit of a deep dive around that quote of desperate times call for desperate measures. And I guess I will now view that uh, idea a little bit different. Use more precision around that instead of a shoot first, aim second type of mindset. All right, that's all that we have for this week. Encourage you to check out your forecasts around prevent plant or around those acreage questions as they relate to prevent plant. We'll have some new articles coming out for that. Again, think about the usage situation and think about this marketing here and the yield outcomes and the confidence you might have around where the final crop might come in. That's all we have for this week. Encourage you to check in again next week. Until then, stay curious.